The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Today is Thursday, July 27th. That's right. Today is National Creme Brulee Day, National Refreshment Day, National Love is Kind Day, National Intern Day. Shout out to all the interns out there, as well as National New Jersey Day. Make sure you get your gym tan and laundry in. Oh, yeah. And make get a couple fist bumps up. It's also National Chili Dog Day and National Korean War Veterans Day. Armatisse Day, along with, okay, the best part of the day. Are you guys ready? It is also National Scotch Day. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where you live at the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Twitter spaces. Oh, yeah. And if you would also would like to participate in the show in Twitter spaces, you can raise your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But kicking it off first, that's right. We have the dope dad himself. That's right. It's Rico Lamite, the Quasimodo caretaker and the flip-flopping specialist. That's right. It is Rico Lamite. I think the uh, term you're going for there is uh, Korean War armistice. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Jesus. yeah. Big shout out to that. Um, it is the Forgotten War, and if anybody can actually um, dig into what went down with the Korean War, um, please, please, definitely do that because a lot of people really, really, really screwed over, and uh, we tend not to talk about that one because um, we fucked up a lot of things as we usually do. So, um, big shout out to my vets out there. Can you guys hear me? Okay, my, my sound's going in and out. You can, you, you can turn your volume up a little bit. All right, is that a little better? Yep. All right, perfect. Okay, so my story. And the safe banking advocates are going to be up in arms already today. And um, because things are getting a little tougher in the payment lane for retailers. As Bloomberg first reported yesterday, MasterCard moved to ban all cannabis purchases on its debit cards, including PIN debit, uh, which has been the go to after uh, the workaround for uh, ghost ATMs was. Uh, um, uh, done away with last year as well. Per the article, MasterCard told financial institutions to stop allowing marijuana transactions on its debit cards, period. Dealing on yet another blow to operators dealing with excessive taxation, the inability to process credit and or secure loans using the same methods business peers enjoy friction-free due to federally illegal nature of the industry. A spokesperson for, uh, for MasterCard said Wednesday to Bloomberg News, as we were made aware of the matter, of this matter, we quickly investigated it. And in accordance to our policies, we instructed the financial institutions that offer payment services to cannabis merchants and connects them to MasterCard to terminate the activity immediately. The federal government considers cannabis sales illegal. So these purchases are not allowed on our systems. Um, industry reps uh, dialed in to weigh their own thoughts on MasterCard's move. Sunburn Cannabis CEO Brady Cobb said in a statement that the move is uh, yet another blow to the state legal cannabis industry and patients, consumers who want to access this budding category. Morano President Dan 
Weiss said that uh, we will continue to advocate for cannabis reform in Washington through further dialogue with elected officials and stakeholders to advance conversations uh, supporting the growth of safe legal uh, cannabis throughout the U.S., and then uh, my guy, Tyler Berlin, uh, he was going to come in with us today, but he had a conflict. Uh, you guys might uh, recognize him from um, Hyper. He was like the, the CRO at um, uh, the, the payment company Hyper for um, yet a long time. And um, his quote in the article, let's see, is, um, here it is. Uh, more more people have migrated to pin debit in the last year and as uh, half as um, the cashless ATMs um, have had issues. Uh, if the pin debit solutions go away, it leaves people back with ACH or cash. It is not a viable solution, but there are others. Uh, so he actually uh, left hyper payments and he is at um, a safe harbor uh, financial. Now I'm going to be doing an interview directly with him so we can break down what safe banking can and cannot do um, the way that it is right now. But he said, it's just a, a bunch of smoke and mirrors and um, he has a lot more, thoughts on that but um i'm regal to meet the dopest dad on the street i'm interested in hearing from the rest of the team how is this going to affect you guys if it is going to affect you at all especially jason um being on the retail side of the game you can't use pen debit anymore um is it just going to be just like the the, the atms at the front of the shop and that's it going forward i mean i, I i've never had a problem with the atms you know personally i i do believe that you'd get higher numbers and you can add on to people's sales a lot easier when you are able to use uh when you are able to actually charge people's cards at the at the point of sale as opposed to them um having to figure out what everything that they want and then them going to the atm because oftentimes at the atm they can only pull out so much money and so then therefore then you got to readjust their sales so it does slow the whole process down as far as the time that someone is using to make a transaction um but i i don't understand how they're gonna how they're really gonna enforce this that was my question do you think they're really gonna enforce this or kind of like heather said in the comments is this something that they're just going on record saying we don't want you using our product yeah that's that, that's what i'm saying i don't understand how they're actually going to enforce this rico i mean you're from the financial world so like uh, can can all of a sudden they just say like how do, how do they know that these people are actually even purchasing cannabis in the first place it's the rails, man. Um, and it all gets, it's, it's all trackable, man. It's electronic. It's, it's, it's traceable. So even if you have a separate machine um, other than your POS, like right next to it, it is running. It goes through the wires. You can track all of that stuff. So, uh, so, so, so you're basically saying that basically only trap stores are going to be the ones that are going to be able to actually take credit cards such as MasterCard because the, a lot of those are just like little head shops and they already have their merchant account set up to sell bongs and pipes yep. and everything else like that. Mm -hmm. And so they're mm -hmm. just going to sell you really just is a it, bong on the, on the electronic system, even though it's an eighth of weed. Is that what you're telling is me? It, yeah, a lot of them, they will... Um, there's way there were ways around it in the past yeah, and it's frowned upon but not legally it's, though no legally. yeah it's, it's coded as an adult industry uh product like whether it's a gun shop or it is a porn shop or whatever but you can go in there and you can, you can find out um it's, it's very easy to find out everything is I can, um, these days you i can, can see exactly what's going down i can i can say this to that right for the mm -hmm. tattoo shop that we have in brooklyn we turned yeah. it into a smoke shop quote unquote yep. Now, they, the NYPD, everyone's on people for their tobacco license and stuff. We don't sell tobacco inside of the shop. So yeah. we, except I don't sell weed. I sell you cookies. So you buy a cookie okay. or you donate and buy, or you donate and you donate for a cookie and we give you an eighth. You understand? Like, so it's like, I didn't sell you weed. You bought a cookie. You spent $30 on a cookie, gave you a free eighth. Instead, so there's ways to get around it. They just there's doing ways it. to get around. This is just ways. So this they just said it so they can't be sued. You know what I mean? Like this is just our way of telling the government, like, hey, we said it. We, you know, leave us alone. You know what I mean? Like this is not really a we plan to stop it. everyone from. No, they want all the money that they can get, and there's so much money in marijuana is ridiculous. Marijuana is the leading. Hey, cover your ass. If if you, mm -hmm. if you look at the, at the full Bloomberg uh, Bloomberg ad and not the one from uh, Benzinga or Reuters. They actually go in and they say um, the, the problem is that banks are leaving so much money on the table because um, 
the, the credit card processors. You have the credit card processors and you have like, like first data. Um, you have the I, um, ISOs, the independent sales organizations, and they can pretty much, it's unregulated. So you, mm-hmm. you can pretty much charge what the fuck you want. That's why if you go into a strip club, it's like a ten dollar <laughs> ATM fee, like in there, or or the process. Yeah, yeah. The service fee. Right. If you go, yeah, it's to the like court, it's like it's like a forty dollar. Jason knows what the fees are. Yeah. Right. Right. The fees are expensive. The is, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like cannabis consumers have been they've been willing to pay that premium for access, and the banks are not getting their cut. <laughs> so. Mm. That's, also, that's when you go to the dispensaries, they're vastly higher than the the the, the, the bootleg right. weed spot. Right. So people choose to go there anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you can't yeah. afford taxes at the dispensary, and it's right. not even taxable. It's not even good bud either. But, hey. <laughs> noticeably, noticeably absent from the statement and uh, from any response to the statement was Visa. <laughs> Visa has not said yeah. yeah. Visa like we get money. <laughs> Watch your money. Well, you know, you know, American Express doesn't doesn't do, do doesn't do weed charges. So now Mastercard is out. So that only leaves Visa and then like Apple Pay or you know what I mean, you know, Cash App, all of these other things. Always, always gonna be other ways uh, to get around it. Um, but yeah, it's It's like you guys were saying. The Mastercard needs to go on the record saying what they're saying, but um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. You just can't do pin debit like at all. You can't have like a standalone system like at all. Mm-hmm. And if you are an operator, um, um, a legal operator, like it's something that you're going to have to purge from your business or end up getting, end up getting uh, um, pushed out of the industry altogether. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Google Play will still work. I mean, you just can't use it with an actual Mastercard, right? No, you just can't say you're buying pot. That's it. Like that's yeah, it. yeah. But it's 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 not, it's not it's not you as the consumer that says whether or not what you're buying. It's it's whatever is programmed on that electronic server on 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 the store's POS. Right. But here's what I'm saying, Jason. They can still pinpoint you. They can still see the business address. They can still see where they drive down. And if they see that, I think you the ATM when you go into when you go into anyway. Don't go that. into those ones. Go into the bootleg ones. When you go into a place that's weed world and don't go there. Like, go to see Jason. <laughs> no, no. And and and, and <laughs> hey Jason. <laughs> oh man, you have any thoughts on this, Rochelle? Well, I was just gonna say that I have uh two checking accounts at different institutions, and one of them the debit card always gets declined at dispensaries every single time, no matter how much money I have in that account, it is always declined. And I don't know why, but I find it very interesting. Is it a MasterCard? No, it's a Visa, actually. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh shit. It's you. Interesting. It's you. But only with that it's card. You. Only with it's that card, you. yeah. It's not me, it's you. I think it's you. Oh man. Oh man. You know, you you, too much. they know when you go there, they're just geo tracking you like, oh, she's there again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe when you walk in there, you actually enter the demagnetized zone, and that's why your card isn't working. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to go to a commercial, we're going to be right back. How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Is the cannabis industry's longest continuously nope, operating nope, retail? No, 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 no. We're going to stone. Oh, here we yeah, go. Yeah, 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 bro. We're going to stone. Right, he is the man that no longer deals with the carpet dwellers, the under carpet dwellers, the under uh, the bridge dwellers in ATX, huffing paint and uh, smoking on that uh, Delta Eight and whatever <laughs> whatever products are legal in Texas. He is hitting the high road. You know who it is, Stone Slave. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Rico. I like how you threw in the paint now. This just means we need a legal market here in Texas so we can start getting the good stuff. Stop puffing the the Delta 8 and the paint. Um, Today, my story, I'm talking about the former U.S. drug czar out there, Kevin Kevin Sabetan, as he clings to outdated views on cannabis legalization. 
In more, it's been in the more than a decade since Washington voters legalized adult use cannabis, the green wave of legalization has swept across 23 states and entire countries like Canada and Uruguay. However, despite the progress made in shifting attitudes towards cannabis, there's still remnants of old school thinking that resemble the sensationalized propaganda from the infamous film Reefer Madness. One of the leading figures upholding this outdated mindset is good old Kevin Sabet. America's biggest cannabis prohibitionist who served as the uh, White House Office of National Drug Control Policy Advisor for three different presidents, Bill Clinton, George W. and Barack Obama. Earlier this week, Sabat made an appearance on Fox News where he took aim at the current state of cannabis affairs in the country. Referring to cannabis as the most misunderstood drug in our country today, Sabet's remarks reflected his staunch opposition to the growing acceptance of cannabis in the U.S. He went as far as to conflate the nation's mental health crisis with cannabis legalization, suggesting a link between cannabis use and an increase in mental illness. According to Sabet, today's cannabis can quintuple your risk of psychosis and schizophrenia and increase suicide risk by six times. While it is true that there may be some valid concerns about cannabis use and mental health, especially given the, the potency of some legally available products, Sabet's approach seems more like fear-mongering uh, than an informed critique. Claiming that the smell of ca cannabis is indubious in major cities, Sabet's assertion falls flat when confronted with the reality of public opinion. Recent Gallup polls indicate that a staggering 68% of Americans now support legalization of adult-use cannabis, showcasing a shift in attitudes across the nation. Responding to those in favor of legalization, Sabet seems dismissive, stating they just want to smoke weed and legitimize their own lifestyle. However, the economic benefits of cannabis legalization are undeniable. Washington state alone generated over $500 million in cannabis tax revenue during the last fiscal year, proving that the industry has become a significant contributor to that economy. Despite his impressive resume and founding of the Foundation for Drug Policy Solution, Sabet's stance on cannabis remains stubbornly entrenched in the past. As the legal cannabis market continues to thrive and garner support from the public, Sabet's opposition to progress in this area seems increasingly out of touch. Now, while the debate around cannabis legalization and its potential effects on mental health continues, it's clear that the majority of Americans support adult use cannabis. Kevin Sabet's appearance on Fox News only highlighted his outdated perspective on fear-based arguments. As the cannabis industry becomes an economic boon for states that have embraced it, Sabet's resistance to change stands as a stark reminder of the lingering <laughs> Whoa! prejudices excuse me, that still surround this widely accepted plant. As the nation moves forward, it's essential to base discussions on cannabis policy and fact-based and rational conversations that consider both the potential benefits and risks associated with its consumption. And whether you're the president's son that's bouncing checks to his housekeeper because he lied about shady deals, hookers blowing taxes, or a former president that lied about election fraud, people like that and Kevin Sabet should be held accountable for knowingly lying to the American people. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the High at Nine News Hour. Bringing the heat today. Like it. Wow, Stone. I just want to say in fairness, there was election fraud and interference. The last guy wasn't a liar. I, I mean, it's election day, not election week, not election, not election weekend, not election month. <laughs> <laughs> election day. How much interference? It, it wasn't more. And, well, I mean, I mean, you have to think about this. Babies and dead people voted. You had you had them purposefully take our money, create something that killed millions of us. And then use that source to lock down a nation and then tell people everyone can just mail in your vote. Doesn't matter. You have people going and sending in, and you go, you, they go into these little mailing boxes and they're dumping in thousands of ballots inside of it. There's definitely something wrong was there. What was there actual proof that was brought? There's actual proof because I, I actually ran for Congress during this election period and I actually had to deal with it myself. So it's actually How many fake electors did we not find? I'm actually, I'm actually a former congressional and senatorial candidate, and I had to deal with the actual fraud that took place. There's people, coming for you, there's babies. People, there's people who are in prison right now because of it as well. But what I will say is, if this guy worked for Obama and the Clinton, right? Republicans, right? They're the ones that interfere more so than the uh oh uh, you know you guys are you guys are just getting getting cray 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 right. on this no 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 no, no, yeah. no i don't think i think it's both sides no 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 wait, wait no no i'm gonna let them hear it listen it's both sides it's not one side or the other it's both sides and they're together there are no different they're the same but let's, let's keep it let's keep it to the story though but let me let me get back to the story right so for, for him this guy worked for clinton and obama right 
So what he should be worried about is all of the people that commit suicide under Clinton and Obama and find out what the psychosis is going on there because I don't know nobody who's smoking pot and then they just want to go die or something like that. People usually get hungry and happy. So I don't know what this guy's talking about. And clearly, everyone that watched him on Fox News, if you look at the comments, were saying the same exact thing. That this guy has no idea what he's talking about, and he should be worried about the people that he worked for. Especially really? when, uh, especially when Obama's chef was just, uh, just uh, suicided uh, just the just the other day, just earlier hey, this week. Suicided. Come on now. Were they playing that on marijuana? Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. They got they got high and fell out of the, fell off the paddle boat. I don't know. And um, Kevin Sabet represents what's been wrong with drug policy for decades. The last drug czar that had any credibility was a guy named Peter Bourne back during the Carter administration. And the conservatives took his ass out. He was out toting a little, little blow with some guys with normal and went after him. But they don't bring doctors in to do this. They bring fucking knuckleheads like this guy in. He should have a picture that represents rectal myopia. He's why we cannot get shit done inside the drug movement here because he's like the church ladies I have to deal with when you try to talk about weed and they scream and yell and stomp their feet. And, okay. And this guy's as dumb as a fucking rock. He just does not represent science. He doesn't represent the public. He represents my mommy told me this is bad, so therefore it's got to be bad and I'm having a temper tantrum. Fuck this guy. He's the problem with that. With multiple administrations, because it was um, Asa Hutchinson who went after me, and he's he was a politician, no shit about science, shit about drugs, but he was the drug czar. Mm -hmm. They need to bring physicians in, especially people who don't buy this bullshit that smoking weed causes schizophrenia. I've had that argument with psychiatrists who were being sent kids to treat for weed because their option was go to jail or go to psychiatrist, and their rich white daddy would send him a psychiatrist and no that means their causes mental illness the fuck it does no it doesn't that's, the, that's where the stats come from shit like that they don't come from actual people they come from those type of situations that's what it's be a drugs are to me personally you've had to have some type of you had to have used a drug you can't be a drugs are if you don't know about drugs sorry but you shouldn't well, what be is, uh, uh, jason what is uh um uh, uh, uh Asa Hutchinson um, polling at these days. Asa Hutchinson? He, he's polling? Are you serious? For anything? <laughs> he, 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 Damn, uh, I haven't he, heard that name he, in so long. Polling. Isn't that something you get charged for at the strip club? Yeah. That's one of the codes for polling? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a uh, presidential candidate. One of your uh, many uh, uh, candidates out there. It's really only one. The rest of them just want to be vice. They're all just looking for second place. Yeah, they're all just they're, they're all just vibing for 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 yeah, upper. But, uh, meatball run, meatball run. Right, right. Let's see, Gretchen. Gretchen's not back with us yet, so she she should be here in a little bit. She's she's running behind. Apparently, we're gonna keep it. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna keep it moving. We're gonna roll right into Dale, into Dale wow. Schaefer. Oh yes. He's an attorney with founding partner with our model law practice. That's right. And he has a very, very unique story on something that we have covered already. And this is their rebuttal. I'm excited to hear what he has to say. That's right. It is Mr. Dale Schaefer. Hi, good morning, everybody on the West Coast and shit's hot on the East Coast. So here we go. At the end of March, I covered um, the Chris Lynch versus uh, Node Lab story. Uh, Chris filed a complaint in Superior Court in San Francisco, making all sorts of salacious allegations. We went through them. But what he forgot to mention or, you know, didn't want to deal with was that part of his deal to be hired by Node was he signed an arbitration agreement where you take all your hissing matches to arbitration. So as part of a motion to compel arbitration uh, that was filed by nodes, they attached their complaint they filed in an arbitration proceeding. Now, typically, you don't get to see these things because arbitration is confidential. It keeps your dirty laundry out, out of the public view. But what they filed here, uh, I don't know if it's salacious because they attach documents, and what they basically have said here is that, yeah, they hired this guy Lynch. He he developed a seed company, Compound Genetics. He had a bunch of intellectual property rights to it, genetics, 
They bought it, bought the trade name, Compound Genetics. And when they, when they uh, put this in front of him, he had an attorney that Node, Node paid for. So any allegations, he wasn't given an opportunity to review this hell. He had an attorney review it with him. Okay. And what he did is he signed an asset purchase agreement which signed over all of his intellectual property, except for a couple minor things he kept. I think he signed all of his genetics over too. That's what they're saying in this, this um, arbitration complaint. That he also signed a non-compete agreement, which means you don't get to take our shit and go out there and form another company. And that's exactly what they claim he did. And they also have put forward the arbitration agreements where he agreed to arbitrate everything. Now, as you follow their series of events, let me just make clear, these are also allegations. They haven't been proven true. And when you say things in court proceedings, they're protected from defamation. I think if we as commentators talk about what's in these things, we're not trying to defame anybody. I'm just trying to say what they're pointing out. And what they point out is that Chris Lynch uh, came on board as an employee, an at-will employee, which means we can fire you when we want to. And he was hired to develop new genetics. Okay, and that um, while working for them, he was doing that. He was working on genetics, and that at some point in the, the summer of 2002, he took a vacation, and they're claiming when he went there, he concocted a scheme to form another company to go out and market new seeds under a different name. And when he came back from his vacation, he wanted to go on medical leave, so they gave him medical leave. When, they found that, when he found out it was unpaid, he went, ho, 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 hang on, let's see if I can work. And they went through his doctor to form an agreement for return to work and what he could do. And they claimed they honored all that. Okay? Um, but then they found out that he had um, formed a new company, Cypher Genetics. He had a deal with Cookie Seed Bank putting seeds on there. And they claim that's a breach of his fiduciary duty to the company and a breach of the non-compete because he took their genetics to do it. Then they claim he just refused to go to work and they finally fired him. And uh, after that, we get this complaint. So what we have here is both sides of, you know, it's called a legal pissing match. We don't normally get to see what's in arbitration, but I think they attach their arbitration brief to their motion in superior court to compel arbitration so that we would all get a chance to see that there's two sides of the story. And when you deal with lawsuits, um, we in the industry understand these are just allegations. They're not proven. It isn't like social media making salacious comments and it all turns into a big social media pissing match. This is what you put in front of the court. You have to go prove it. And so these are allegations at this point. But I will say that Node attached a whole lot of emails and documents to what they're saying, which I think gives it a little more credibility. So we will see how this rolls out. But... I don't think we're going to get a lot of official information now because this is going to arbitration. The judge ordered them to go to arbitration, and the Superior Court proceeding has just stayed. So we're not going to hear much more about this because these are going to be confidential. So we have both sides of this public pissing match. And uh, what do you guys all think about this? So this is the reason why you don't sign arbitrations. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I mean, so, 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 Dale. So, 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 Chris has his side of the story, which, which, which we covered uh, a, a number of weeks ago, and then now, now, Compound and Compound Genetics and Node Labs have came out with 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 their rebuttal in regards to Chris's response. Correct. Well, the rebuttal is effectively what it is, but what is they filed a complaint in the arbitration. Typically, these aren't public. Okay. You mm -hmm. don't see these because arbitration is confidential. But they attached it to a public document, which tells me they wanted all of us to see, hey, this is our side of the story. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, they, they definitely do want people uh, to, to, to hear their side of the story. That That is one thing from, uh, from, from my conversations with them that they definitely wanted to wanted to make sure of the fact that they they had originally purchased all of these genetics or they're, they're claiming that they had purchased all of these genetics um from uh from chris originally in their original contract and then that he was paid as an employee for for a number of time and even paid um uh when, when he was sick for for, for a number of uh, time as well 
and then and then Chris files the the OSHA complaint saying that he was fired because he was disabled. Am I am I correct on this on this timeline, Dale? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And and part of the the complaint he had is they violated all of these uh, labor codes and things like that. The disabled. Um, Mm-hmm. laws out there but they had signed uh with his doctor and with a therapist and other people a return to work agreement which they're claiming they honored okay he got basically everything he want but then he sent him an email hey it's time for me to walk away but to walk away i want over three hundred thousand. i want you to release me from my non-compete release all claims against me and they basically chuckled and went yeah when pigs fly so this is where this whole thing went because there it's clearly he said, she said, but from what I'm seeing and, and the documents I reviewed, Node has the goods. They have the signed documents, the emails to back some of this stuff up. So now as a, as a trial attorney, I love that kind of stuff because it's signed, got your name on it. It's written. What do you mean by this? And Joe, just to, to return to your arbitration, you know, uh, reluctance, I agree. I have, I typically put these into contracts for people to agree to it because you keep it confidential. Not everybody will. And um, arbitration tends to be quicker and cheaper, but you don't get your side out there in the public because then you violate confidentiality agreements. And that turns out to be another level of problems. Mm. So so don't expect to see any uh, in, any videos from Chris or from Node Labs in regards to this, like uh, like what Berner did the other week with his lawsuit, is what you're telling us, Dundale? Well, I would advise against it. I mean, I, I tell my, my clients, sit down, shut the fuck up, and let me talk for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, but not all of them do that because they want to get publicity, and I've seen some of these things, and it does bring them publicity, but um, anything you put out there, in your words can be brought against you and, and basically shoved about three feet up your ass. So be very careful what you put out there. Oh yeah. Yes. Instagram is not your friend. That is for sure. <laughs> Stop snitching on yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I'm promoting my position here. No, you're not. You're ratting yourself out, you idiot. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Shut the fuck up. That's you right. <laughs> STFU. Guys these days, guys these days. Any thoughts, Stone or Rochelle, on this interesting lawsuit? I, I, I can tell you this much. Go for it. Even at my lot, we do arbitrations, but we do it because, to be quite honest with you, it, it, it almost never favors the, the purchaser. When someone has gone through, he, he signed the non-complete clause, um, he, he, and, and if they were able to say he's competing, then I, obviously he didn't do it enough to where he was able to remove, he didn't set up enough degrees to remove himself from being, um, from being the point man on whatever the new project is that he had. He should have had other people in and around him. And, you know, when you're smart and you're doing a business, you never want to be, uh, filed as the owner of it anyway. You always want to be the manager of it. And and then he could have started a trust and the trust could have been responsible, but he could have put multiple of uh, layers to protect him from what is currently happening right now. And because of what he did initially, it only leads me to believe that although he may be brilliant in some areas, in some areas he is not brilliant at all. And he is currently dealing with what he did to himself. He made this bet. I just there's a lot of stuff that he did that I would have never done or given someone opportunity to have. And he must have been desperate. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I do know from what he signed over, it was more than he was supposed to. Yeah, and 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 and, and again, if you if you if you are if you create IP as far as genetics and whatnot, and you sell them to a company, you don't have the right to claim claim to those genetics because you technically have sold those. And so, you know, yeah. buyer beware. But we got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. 
Yes, that's right. Whatever you're doing, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that like button as well. Also, too, make sure you go in and check out. You can just hear all the read all the stories at our website, www.hyatt9news.com. And make sure you share the stories, share the episode with your friends, because we believe here that organic growth is the best growth. Hyatt 9 News invites you to join us and become a sponsor, supporter, and attendee for the second annual Envision Gala for This Is Jane Project, a nonprofit organization leading the way in advocating for trauma-informed care. This Is Jane Project offers a range of programs designed to shed light, build community, and uplift the lives of women and non-binary trauma survivors who use cannabis as medicine. Support this event that is sure to make an impact today. For more information about sponsorship opportunities, visit www.thisisjaneproject.org. Are we going with Gretchen? Are we going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's in the building. Glad to have us join, have joined us today. It is our very own Washington Insider, the founder of Panoptic Strategies and the thorn, the red thorn in Jason Beck's side, Gretchen Gilly. Good afternoon. Uh, my headline is coming from Marijuana Moment. House approves veterans medical marijuana access and psychedelics research amendments as part of spending bill. The U.S. House of Representatives has approved amendments to a large-scale spending bill that would allow U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs doctors to recommend medical cannabis to military veterans and promote research into substances like psilocybin and NDMA. Just one day after the House Rules Committee made the measures in order for floor consideration, they passed on the floor on Wednesday and are advancing as part of appropriations legislation covering military construction, veterans affairs, and related agencies. The medical cannabis measure, which was filed by the co-chairs of the Congressional Cannabis Caucus, Representatives Brian Mast, Earl Blumenauer, David Joyce, and Barbara Lee, passed in a voice vote. Their amendment, which was later co-sponsored by Representatives Jim McGovern and Matt Gates, would specifically prohibit the use of VA funds to enforce provisions of an existing directive that bars doctors from making medical cannabis recommendations to veterans. Veterans face a Department of Veterans Affairs that does not allow their primary care physicians, their post-deployment clinics to discuss the medical treatment options and work with them through the paperwork for those medical treatment options that are available, actually available in their states, according to MAST. If they're not working with their doctors to do that, then you would have to ask yourself, who is it that they would be working with to do that for medical treatment? Blumenauer said that veterans in Oregon and across the country have shared powerful stories with me about how much medical cannabis has saved their lives and given relief from wounds of war, seen and unseen. These veterans have also shared their fear about what happened if they work with the VA doctors to incorporate their cannabis use into their treatment plans. The VA denies veterans access to this care option by preventing providers from completing forms in compliance with state medical marijuana programs. This is a shameful disservice to the men and women who put their lives on the line. The VA is forcing veterans to seek care outside of the VA or self-medicate. Our veterans are paying the price for Congress's failure to act. Joyce also spoke in favor of the amendment, saying he's proud to join my colleagues in leading this common-sense effort to help our country's veterans access medical treatment. I've seen firsthand the many challenges our nation's heroes face when they return home. We should all be resolved to help expand access to treatments for the medical challenges, both mental and physical, our nation's veterans experience. The measure passed despite Representative Debbie Wasserman Schultz, a former chair of the Democratic National Committee, joining Representative John Carter in voicing opposition to it on practical grounds, arguing that it could put VA doctors in legal jeopardy if they actually fill out forms to recommend medical cannabis to veterans. Despite their opposition, no one requested that a recorded vote be taken to challenge the measure's passage via voice vote. The provisions of the amendment were revised ahead of the Rules Committee meeting on Tuesday. It previously shared the same language as an amendment that was shared that was approved by the Senate Appropriations Committee last month for that chamber's version of the spending legislation. If the House proposal hadn't been changed, that likely would have increased its chances of being adopted into law as part of the final conference report. But now there will have to be bipartisan and bicameral discussion about which, if any, version will be enacted. 
I would say, yay, Congress, for putting up some bullshit, voting for it, pretending that it matters. It's going to die in committee. This is Gretchen for High Nine News. So, so you're cheering Scandal. them for doing nothing, huh? That's what they Scandal. do best. That's what they do yeah, best. Yeah. Hurry up and wait. An update I get my, med I get my medical care from the VA, and you, you have to be... You have to go there and basically not tell them the whole truth about what you're doing because uh if it gets in your records now it affects your gun rights a lot of the vets i represent don't want that to happen and you just can't talk to somebody who has first of all won't do anything but then doesn't know what the hell they're talking about apparently they never read the study by sue sisley which took all these vets and ran them through weed and ptsd and went ah guess what it works well Thank you, fucking Sherlock Holmes. We all knew this <laughs> shit worked, okay? So now we've got it on paper, and the VA, it's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, what do you mean you don't want to talk about? We got approval from the DEA to study veterans for PTSD, smoking weed, and it came back positive. You can't even talk to them about this because they want you to go drug test and put it in your record that, oh, you're a pot smoker. It's, it's just scandalous. It irritates the shit out of me. I'm a, Viet, I'm a Vietnam veteran. We didn't get the parades coming home. We were called baby killers. And so now, down the line, 50 years later, it's like, holy shit, we're still hung out to dry, even though people knew doing Vietnam, you smoke weed, it did helped you a lot. I also did a lot of heroin, because China White was cheap, but the same brand new. And it's like, it's again, it's rectal myopia. They think, oh, we're convincing people we're doing something. No, you got your head up your ass. You refuse to listen to what's going on. And it, you know, they promised us when we go to war for you and come back, we'll take care of you. And they're playing games with us. And it's irritating because my guys are doing ayahuasca. They're doing ketamine. They're doing mushrooms and acid to try and deal with this shit. Smoking a lot of weed. That's what's actually happening. You can't go to your VA doctor and tell them what's help helping me because the downside's just horrible. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think this that the fact that they are just kind of tippy toeing around this is 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 a super super disgrace. And the fact that these men and women have, have fought for our country and put their lives on the line that they should be able to access anything that that they feel as though helps them within their condition, in my opinion. Well, they'll throw all these addictive substances at you. Mm -hmm. That's cool because the FDA has approved them. You know, the government says these are okay. The next thing you know, you're hooked on benzos, you're hooked on opioids, you're trying to get off that shit. You're killing yourself. I mean, veterans are still suiciding at 20 a day, something like that. So it's it's just hard to stand there when everybody, the house is on fire and they're arguing about, well, you know, does the key fit the back door? Oh, fuck you, shut up, stop it. Let's face this directly and deal with it. Like honorable people we should be, but that's not what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with honorable people here. Yeah, it makes you wonder if they really want to help veterans or they'd rather get them hopped up on opioids and let them fade away. I mean, <laughs> they don't give a shit about us. That's what their actions tell me. They don't give a shit about us. Yeah, you serve your purpose, right? Yeah. It's like getting your warranty on your car. <laughs> I'm here. Something broke. Uh, yeah, the extended <laughs> go to warranty. my shop. They'll take care of you. Never buy. I will we'll give this advice. Never buy an extended warranty from a used car dealership. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> oh, man, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. We're going to do We got one more ad. We're going to run this ad. We're going to be right back. Run it. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yes. Coming up next, she's a longtime cannabis and psychedelics journalist, and she is also the editor of GreenState.com and has been featured in a number of different magazines across the country. That's right. And she also is one of the world's largest Lego collectors, apparently. But nonetheless, it is Rochelle Gordon. 
everyone. Thanks so much for that uh, warm welcome. I appreciate that today, Jason. Uh, similarly to our previous story, we are going to talk about a potential new tool in the fight in the battle of the opioid crisis. And guess what? It's CBD. The opioid crisis is a serious problem, as we all know, killing tens of thousands of people every year. And one of the most critical tools on the front lines is naloxone, a drug that can help revive people from overdose. But according to new research, cannabidiol CBD may actually help as well. So naloxone has a high success rate of reviving people who overdose on drugs like heroin. But in cases involving fentanyl, a prescription opioid 50 times stronger than heroin, it often comes up short. With fentanyl addiction continuing to spread, scientists at Indiana University set out to find a way to save more lives. The researchers had theorized that CBD may bolster the effects of naloxone, presenting their preliminary findings earlier this year. And fortunately, the final results of the study are even more encouraging. The study, published in the Journal of Medicinal Chemistry, examined 50 different chemical compounds, including CBD. The goal was to find something else for the opioid receptors in the brain to bind to instead of the opioid itself. Synthetic opioids bind very tightly to the opioid receptors, said Alex Stryker, senior research scientist for the Gill Center for Biomolecular Science. Naloxone must compete with opioids for the same binding site in the central nervous system to cancel out an overdose. During a fentanyl overdose, naloxone and fentanyl bind to different sites meaning there is no competition. So what did the study reveal? The researchers were focused on finding something called negative allosteric modulators. These are types of molecules that can change the behavior of different molecules around them. By testing the effect of opioid receptors on the 50 different compounds, including CBD, the team hoped to determine if any of them could act as negative allosteric modulators. This would indicate promise as an antidote for overdose. Initial tests showed that CBD may be effective, but large doses were needed. Researchers then altered the chemical structure of the CBD slightly, resulting in a compound that successfully reversed the effects of fentanyl. We've identified structural parts that are important for the desired antidote effect, Stryker said. Some of these compounds are much more potent than the lead. We've worked with a third lab to model the binding site that may help identify additional compounds moving forward. While the initial results of the study are promising, more research is needed to confirm the findings. The Indiana University team hopes to conduct further trials, specifically to learn if CBD could treat respiratory depression during overdose, which is oftentimes the cause of death or long-term damage. If successful, the world may have a new tool to combat the opioid crisis. With so many people suffering from opioid addiction, the news is a small but exciting step in the right direction. So, Rochelle Gordon reporting for Hyatt 9 News from GreenState.com. What do you guys think? It's pretty early with this study. They need to do a lot more research, but the initial uh, results are pretty promising. Well, my question, Rochelle, is uh, the naloxone is water soluble. It's, you know, and our, our blood is water. Um, CBD is oil. So my concern is, and I've, I've worked in an emergency room where we've given um, Narcan multiple times for heroin overdoses. I've seen it work. But I've also seen what they have to do to try to put fats into somebody's blood system, and it is not the same as shooting them up with Narcan. So what's concerning to me is uh, you're going to shoot somebody up with a, a fat, if you will. It's not water, it's fat. And you can get embolism from that. You can have all sorts of problems. So that is a concern. And I'd like to know the mechanism of action because the, you, get, you die from opioids because those receptors are in your brain stem. There's no cannabinoid receptors in your brain stem. That's why you can't die of an overdose. So there's a lot of dots to connect here. It sounds hopeful, but I've been in the ER where you're shooting people up with something if you give them a big dose of a fat, they're liable to die from a fat embolus. You know, heroin won't kill them. They died from the treatment. So that's my concern. It'd be hopeful if this could work, but, you know, I'm a bit skeptical. But that's just my nature. Do you think that, like, if they created some sort of water-soluble with a synthetic, that that could potentially work? 
Well, that, that's where the um, scientists and the pharmacists had to get together because you've got to find something that'll cross the brain, stem, the brain barrier, the blood brain barrier, and it's got to be uh, water soluble enough so that it doesn't form emboli or clots of fat that then go, you know, clog up, clog up something in your brain. You look like Mitch McConnell then in front of the camera yesterday. <laughs> Well, it's a really good point, and, when, and I think that in the initial tests, you know, they were basically just working with the with the molecules, right? So clearly, they have a long way to go to, to see if this is a viable treatment. It hasn't even got to phase one yet, where they're seeing does it kill animals. So, I mean, it's like cancer cells die when you put cannabinoids into a petri dish with them, right? mm -hmm. but that doesn't necessarily translate to shooting them up with cannabinoids kills cancer cells. So, there's a long way to go, a lot of dots to connect here. But it is, it is, it is a small start. It is a small, small start. And at the end of the day, I mean, I don't think a lot of people are surprised. I mean, with all the people that um, that uh, have treated their treated their cancer with RSO oil and have seen amazing results and whatnot, I don't think that this is that 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 big of a surprise to the common person. Well, but it's the connection between the molecule we're talking about and the results you get that. You know, that journey, that connection is the tough one to make right now. There's too many holes in what we understand right now. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, as you know, we used uh, THC when Molly got cancer. It's what kept her alive. Mm -hmm. The chemo was just deadly. So that it works very well for. But actually, as, as a, an agent that directly attacks the cancer, we've seen the results. We just don't know all the mechanisms of action to get there. Got it. Got it. Any thoughts on this, Gretchen? I am no scientist, but if it helps with the fentanyl crisis, I think it's a wonderful way to help advance uh, CBD. I think that's one of the only ways Congress might care. Hell, it's all warm and fuzzy after the story, and then Dale hit us with all that science. I know. Yeah. I, I'm like, Damn. yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I was a pre-med major in college, so I got stem shit inside of me unfortunately i can't get rid of it oh cool. man post-med minor mm -hmm. you ready rico let's do it let's roll bringing us home today to quench all that built up post hump day thursday thirst is the most feared black and latin man alive he's a political leader artist, activist entrepreneur and truth teller antoine montega and I'm live here with my guest and my co-host, Dr. Joe. Thank you. Thank Dr. Joe. The NBA is making pop progress as hoop superstar Kevin Durant has truthful interaction about his use and investments with the commissioner. Um, the league has, has sat down with the players agreement and put in one second here. My is not loading. Yeah, although Kevin Durant wouldn't call himself a pioneer, he's helped to get marijuana taken off the banned substance list. Phoenix Suns forward has been an advocate for pot from at least 2020 and has invested in multiple cannabis-related companies. However, <clears throat> this has made it to the latest collective bargaining agreement between the NBA and NBA Players Association. I enjoy the plant. Durant says to CNBC and Boardroom's inaugural game plan sports business conference in, in Los Angeles last week. It's as simple as that. So they have a lot of things here going on with this, guys. Um, players are now allowed to s indulge, but not really use. It doesn't say use. It says indulge in certain CBD 3.0.3 THC investments in CBD companies, but in marijuana companies where it is marijuana, they are not allowed to have ownership or anything major in it. They can, they only can invest less than 50%. So there are a lot of uh, strings attached to this bargain agreement, but it also gives these guys a new forum to not be tested because weed will be taking off marijuana. Weed, cannabis will no longer be what the players are tested for. So that is good for those guys. I know Alan Iverson is happy. Um, however, the the business part of it, I'm still reading over it because it's 700 pages. But it is a lot of strings attached there where it seems like the NBA is using this to get players as 
guinea pigs to test the pot industry for promotional and endorsements. That's what it seems like to me at this juncture so far. Wow, you know what's crazy? I was just gonna sit here and say that if we really wanna see marijuana legalized, then, because what we've seen just now, like with the NBA, because before they had their pants in their, their, their you know, panties in a bunch, you have to wear a suit when you come, when you're not playing and yeah, you're on the sidelines, you know, and everything else that the, that the NBA was saying, you know, whatever the case may be that the NBA was saying. And now it's kind of like, the, it's, it's the business model. You are in too many different uh, states that have it legalized and you do yourself a disservice financially by now by not allowing uh the company to actually endorse the product and actually you know allow the product to probably be uh promoted in or sold at events that the nba players are at you're missing a lot of money but this all goes back to it being on the controlled substance list once these things happen which i personally think is soon the money will come flowing in NBA, NFL, all of the pro sports leagues, which have teams in all of the cities where it's legal recreational. You have to change your business model. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're definitely, you're talking billions of dollars. I'll take a phone call. So that will be coming soon. But I like what's going on here in the uh, bargaining agreement. However, I think the um, business aspect of it is a little sketchy. It doesn't seem like they're doing this for the players. It seems like they gave the players, we'll take weed off and we'll regulate your business investments with a watchful eye. So if it becomes lucrative or something happens, we can easily step in and make it a NBA thing and not a player's thing. And so what, what, what is everyone thinking in regards to the main, the main headline where it says, Kevin Durant says Adam Silver smelled it when he walked into okay. the meeting. And that yeah, is what a, got, <laughs> that got marijuana axed out of the contract. Yeah, you, you got to listen to the clip. is is fucking fantastic. <laughs> the, the the clip when he's going back and forth with the uh, with the interviewer, and he says, uh, um, he said, was it was it hard to get it passed? And he said, well, not really. I walked in there and um, he smelled me. <laughs> yeah, you knew what time. It's Kevin and, Durant. He's the guy. How, what are you gonna say? He's, he said, right? he said, he's like, look. And he said, would you call yourself a pot pioneer? But he said, not really. He said, I mean, let's look at it. Everybody in the league smoke. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're gonna snitching again, though, man. Yeah, that is that's snitching. That is like everybody. super snitching. Everybody. Everybody's not Kevin Durant, but yeah, if no, LeBron would, this would have happened five years ago, and it was LeBron, the same. It would be the same result. Kevin Durant is the guy, or at least that guy right in now, the NBA definitely. right now that sells. So you can't suspend. You also, him by the way, invested in a number of cannabis companies. Yeah. And I'm so curious about your decision to be public about that, and what the did the I assume does Adam Silver call you up and say? Hey, I actually called him and tell, and 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 advocated for him to take marijuana off the banned substance list. Um, I just felt like it was being you know becoming a thing around the country, around the world. That it was the stigma behind it wasn't as negative as it was before. Um, you know, it doesn't affect you in any negative way. So I just, I just felt like it was. Uh, and what did Adam tell you when you said this to him? They agreed, and you see where, where we well, are. Well, now they've now now they've actually told players you can you can yeah. invest and you yeah. can you yeah. can smoke so, and everything else. I think. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you can. Yeah, definitely, marijuana is. But you were a pioneer, if you will. I wouldn't call myself a pioneer. <laughs> not at all. Um, but a pioneer, a public pioneer. How about that? I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, I, I just enjoy the plant. I mean, as simple as that. And uh, so what did you what did you tell Adam? How did you how did you persuade him? Well, he smelled it when he worked when he walked in when I walked in. So <laughs> I didn't really have to say much. You know what I'm saying? He kind of understood where this was going. And then I mean, it's, it's the NBA, man. Everybody is like, uh, I hate to be. Everybody does it. To be honest, like, it's like wine at this point. Oh man, bro, that is a great video right there. Yeah. I just want to go, I want to go uh, make, make the connection. Like, I, I, K, uh, KD, he just doesn't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be that guy. 
back to when he won the MVP. He's like, no, he said, y'all the real MVP uh, on this. And even though he doesn't want to be called a pioneer, he was. Uh, his partnership with uh, Weave Maps was huge. That was monumental for the movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that's the other he, thing. He's heavily invested yeah. in so many industries. That's why yeah. I focus. But now they're trying to co-tell him and tell him how to what percentage they can be invested in. And I think that that's kind of ridiculous. It's like truly overstepping your boundary. Like, hey, look, don't forget, nigga, you work for me. I own you. So you can't go own 100% of something and I ain't got nothing in. Listen, you can only have about half of that, all right? Because all you still my property, all right? As long as y'all remember that, that's what matters. No, they just don't, you know, you can become bigger than the game in some of this. Yeah, you can't let let somebody that you're doing business with um, actually tell you how you can do outside business. It's like me and you have a business. Whatever I want to do outside my business is my business. And then the NBA is kind of like, no. But it's a collective bargaining agreement. I'm the master here. You just the house. In this, I think what everyone is saying is why Kevin Durant is considered a pioneer. That's the game game that they choose to play. And uh, without going like too deep, because I know where everybody's not a KD. Everybody can't do what he does at the level he does it. So he gets away with some things. Yeah, but still, telling some grown man, hey, you can only have 50% of another business because you're with my business. It's kind of ridiculous. Because initially, when I got signed and I started playing, that wasn't a part of the agreement. So now it's like, now that I'm already in contract with you, you understand that we already have a contractual agreement. Now you're changing the agreement now and you're restricting my financial capabilities outside of the agreement that you and I already have. <coughs> I, mean, I would that, that would be something that I would be going against. Like, no, that's but you, it's a trade. They got... It's not good enough. They trade. got weed taken off of the uh, drug trade. test. To me, that's, the trade is not even. That's a pioneer. He did that for the lesser guys who smoke. That's cool. I'm gonna make my money regardless. The, the lesser guys are getting two hundred and some thousand, three hundred some thousand as a bench warm or whatever, and that's enough money to invest in a, and cultivate a hundred percent marijuana. And somebody's telling you you taking your little change and you can only do fifty percent of it. To me, it's too much. Yes. I think we'll see that go away though. Like you said, Doctor Dope, when we see when when it's off the schedule list, then I think that you know, NBA is gonna step. It's just they're allowing them to be getting picks. Mm-hmm. They, 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 I, they love they I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, at that point, uh, definitely. I know we are at well, the top of the. Well, wait a minute. So, frankly, the NBA aren't the first guys to do this, and I know we all love Kevin Durant, but I would hardly call him a pioneer. There are other players who are out there been doing mama. stuff. I mean, <laughs> I, I, if he was saying this shit in 2014, fantastic. He's saying in 2023. Come on. But you know. But 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 he 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 turned down. He said he wouldn't call himself a pioneer, though, Gretchen. Well, that's very kind of him, and I appreciate his his humility. That's very nice of him. Um, I just don't think he's doing anything amazing. I think the NHL, I think soccer, NASCAR, they have all embraced sponsorship from CBD companies. I think this is just... <laughs> What what other pro are for the course and they're making money? Oh, well, hold on, Gretchen. In, in regards with... Like I'm sorry, what, what, what was Go that? for it, Stone. I was just saying, what other pro athlete though? We're talking just we're talking about Kevin Durant specifically. Yeah. What other pro athletes out there saying, "This is what I'm doing. I'm smoking weed, and I love smoking it." It's good yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that many who have been out there saying that I love it. It's wonderful. Uh, but Gronk came out and he started his CBD line and all that crap. Um, Gronk is just as big as a celebrity, I would say. As well, I, I, I am going to say oh, there's no. there, there's a major difference. I think I think in regards with what what you're saying, Gretchen, because you're you're referencing uh, CBD and hemp and hemp and whatnot. And what we're right. talking about particularly is actual like full THC cannabis and what we're talking about with the NBA. And so NASCAR has not allowed for THC products to no, advertise. They so they're not they're CBD. they're not as advanced they're as that. They're doing other ones. Well, is the NBA out there doing full THC products? Did yep. I miss that part of the story? Yep. That's yeah. Yep. Yes, so they the are. The NBA is allowing yes. sponsorships. Yes. And, and, and all right, so cookies. Cookies next week is gonna have their logo across the middle of the floor of the No, no, no. no. Players. Me? no. Players, Players, exactly. I'm talking Players. about the leagues. Players. No, the league is not going to do it yet because you know the situation. If banks won't accept the the money from it, why would the NBA allow that? How do you think money? Mm-hmm. And, and say China, China, China one of the yep. NBA supporters is running the NBA. That's, That's right. You have those forty million dollar contracts now. But uh, China's also the biggest reaction. producer of hemp. What do you think about that though? The China yeah, I, influence, the China influence, and what do you think about that? And you know why, right? 
Go ahead. Go with it. Go with it. Bring it out. Why is I mean, that? that's where they're going to go. Everything goes to China. You got the market hit is 300 million people. Eight, uh, there's the a billion market. people there. China can have the NBA, 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 NBA. They can have four leagues. You see, uh, all you have to do is do a quick uh, uh, YouTube search of uh, LeBron James's uh, comments when, when questioned about their loyalty to China and, and tell me that uh, China does not run the NBA. But um, <laughs> like I said, different conversation, different day. We are at the top of the hour. Thank you all for joining us <laughs> for today's episode of News. Catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love, getting their comments live on the big screen to our live audience and online supporters. Catching us across all media platforms, tuning in for the conversation on Daily Headlines of chaos. Our vetted correspondents tuning in from all over, bringing as much needed variety of uh, perspective and your respected opinions to the table, and also Rochelle Gordon's wonderful throwback Fantastic. Our production team, Cloud Media Partners, Fausto Fuego, The Vortex, our sponsors, keeping the lights on in our AV struggles to a minimum, Jaja Simone holding us down on all the other platforms, and always Cannabis Sativa L, the reason why we show up and read these headlines every day. Thank you. You. It has been July 27th, 2023. The show is over. You've all been blessed with the top industry headlines. Hope it's enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. That being said, Rochelle, what you got for us today? You got the outro. Thanks, Rico. I just want to say keep the vibes high. Yes, indeed. Smoke weed every day.